Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Hey guys, Chad Russell. I am a Saturday morning table leader, table four, and I want to welcome you to Man Challenge. A little bit different this week as we have all been having to adjust our lives a little bit to what's been going on. And uh, I'm here with Kurt Souter, my good friend. Hey guys. And uh, used to be the, uh, the men's pastor here at Southeast. And uh, we are here today to do a Man Challenge a little bit different than normal, right? A little bit different. So when I saw your name on the list, of people who are going to be teaching, I was excited because he's a good friend of mine and I love to hear him teach, but I did not expect we would be under these circumstances and Kurt asked me, if, hey, can we just come in and, and do this on this video, kind of a question answer back and forth. Kurt and I do a radio show each week called Solid Steps Radio. It's based here in Louisville and it's a podcast and that's not a bad plug, but it's just how we do things and we thought this would be a best way to do this video in regards to talking about Galatians, which has been an awesome book to revisit. I'm familiar with this book, but I have read it uh, and reading it over and over again these past few weeks. It is just such a rich, rich book. Now, you got your tape measure over there? You want to? I do, dude, because uh, they're, they're saying six feet and uh, we're about... That's not enough. Put that away. <laughs> all right. So, all right. There is the, there is the uh, coronavirus joke. We had to do one, and but we want to take it serious. And that's why we're doing it this way. And I respect the fact that the church says, hey, Let's take care of this in the way it needs to be, and that's why we're doing it digitally. So, that being said, thank you for listening and watching and participating. So, we've been studying Galatians, all right? Uh, talk to me about... Well, uh, let, me say, let me say this first. Guys, I, I, sometimes we forget how important we really are as men, as, as followers of Jesus Christ. We sometimes underestimate the power of our lives and the Spirit of God working in our lives. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I just want to encourage you, you guys matter. Your life matters. Your love matters. Your compassion matters. Your energy when you go home matters. And uh, it's a big deal. And I just want to encourage you guys, you are so valuable that Jesus Christ would give his life for you. And uh, I just want to start off and just remind us of that. Well, I appreciate that. And, and as we're reading through Galatians, it is such a, an encouraging book. Uh, and let's jump in. We, we're on Galatians chapter 5, and I believe we're going to start at verse 16. Is verse that right? 16. Why don't you read it for us? Yeah. So it says, uh, the Apostle Paul, to the church at Galatia, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. It goes on to say the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So my translation says flesh versus sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Give us a working definition of, of what this is. Sinful nature uh, in, in the scriptures and, and the flesh are synonymous. And it really comes from Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 that every person on the planet has received the sinful nature. Um, we kind of underestimate how much damage happened in Genesis chapter 3. And so when we think about the flesh, the, the, the sinful nature, that's why it's mentioned five different times just in this short little passage. Mm -hmm. Sinful nature, sinful nature, because we have inherited that from Adam. We call Adam the first Adam, Jesus Christ we call him the second Adam. And the first Adam brought death, the second Adam brings life. The first Adam brings destruction and chaos and darkness. The second Adam brings life and forgiveness and just a, the abundant life that Jesus promises us. So that's a kind of a working definition of flesh, na sinful nature. And so we've got, looks like what well, looks like to be a conflict here, a little battle going on, right? Yeah, because what happens is, that, you know, we have this sinful nature in us. When we, when we sin, we're following the nature of Adam. But that's why Jesus says in in John chapter 3 that we we need to be born again there needs to be a new creation and Paul talks about that in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 a new creation in Christ and then when we we trust Jesus Christ we get this new nature and we get the gift of the Holy Spirit and kind of mysteriously it's this uh, we become a temple of the Holy Spirit and so then there becomes this um, kind of this war. Sounds like a problem because we've got both of them yeah. in us, right? We've got the flesh still there. And we've got the Holy Spirit in us and there's going to be a battle going on between the two. But is it, is it really a battle that, that the Holy Spirit is having a problem with the flesh? What's the, what's the real issue? Here? Well, the real issue is us. Yeah, right. <laughs> the real issue is who are we going to submit to? Mm. Who are we going to surrender to? Who are we going to live for? Are we going to live for the flesh or are we going to live for the glory of God and live for the, for the glory of uh, the Holy Spirit working in us. Right. And so that's why uh, there's this conflict going on. There's a war that goes on, not just internally inside of us, but then there's a war on, on the outside as well. It's not in this passage specifically, but throughout Scripture, you know, there's this outward battle of the enemy. The, the Bible says that we have three enemies. We have the world, the world system, our flesh, and then the devil. And this passage is primarily talking about just our own flesh, the conflict of the sinful nature and the spirit. And uh, that's why, you know, it says in here they are uh, they're in contrary to, the, to one another. They're in conflict with each other. And one of the first ways that we walk in freedom, because uh, earlier in this passage in, in chapter 5 verse 1, it said it is for freedom 
that Christ has set us free. He says, in, and then again in verse 13, you, my brothers, you're, you're called to be free. He wants us to live the abundant life, the victorious life, the life of freedom. But many times we revert back to walking in the flesh, and that's that conflict. And Paul wrote this, but he also wrote Romans 7, which was really encouraging to me because in Romans 7, Paul says, I do what I do not want to do. This is my paraphrase here. I do what I do not want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. So if the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, <laughs> struggles, guys, we are going to struggle with it too. And I see a lot of guys kind of beat themselves up and say, you know, I'm, I'm no good. Uh, I, I'm never going to beat this. I mean, talk about for a second the, the idea of, of how do we live with the flesh in us and crucifying the flesh and the idea of saying, hey, look, everybody has this same battle and war going on, and it's not about trying to win one versus the other. Talk about that for a second. Well, I think in this passage, there are three principles that help us to live the victorious life. Uh, again, not perfect. We're never going to get, get perfect until heaven. Right. But how do we live the abundant life, what Jesus talked about in John chapter 10? How do we live the, a life of freedom? Mm -hmm. And in here, I, I, we, we just mentioned the, the first one is just acknowledging the conflict. Yeah understanding and acknowledging the conflict that we have between our flesh and uh, the, the, the Spirit of God in, that lives in us. Right. Secondly, I think it's we have to understand how do we crucify the flesh. And it says there right in the text, it says in verse, uh, verse uh, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And that earlier, you guys are going through the book of Galatians, Paul says it earlier in chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Right. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when we think about crucifying the sinful nature, it's... Um, reckoning, Romans 6 says, reckoning ourselves dead to sin and alive in God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, this crucify the flesh is similar to what Jesus said in Luke chapter uh, 9. He says we must, if we're going to be his followers, if we're going to be his disciples, he says three things. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross. There's that whole crucifixion thing. Right. And then you got to follow me. Mm -hmm. Deny, crucify, take up the cross, and follow me. And when we do that, when we reckon ourselves dead to sin, then now we're moving towards uh, the, the abundant life. And, and we're talking about not here, not a one-time thing. No, no, one no. time for salvation, but for the walking with God and living a spirit-filled life. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. Right? It's a daily walk and daily dying we have to do. Right? Every, every day we have to choose right. Jesus. We have to choose to walk in the Spirit. And that's the third piece of walking in freedom. Acknowledge the conflict, crucify the flesh, the sinful nature, and number three, choose to live by the Spirit. And this is going to take time. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take focus. It's going to take discipline on our parts. Right. But this is something that we don't do um, by ourselves. Yeah. 
So I read in Scripture where Paul says, you know, filled with the Spirit. Peter, filled with the Spirit. Uh, Jesus, filled with the Spirit, went out yeah. into the desert to, yeah. to pass for 40 days. This filled with the Spirit thing, you, that has been sometimes abused in some ways about what to do with the Holy Spirit. And then a lot of times it's just, a lot of Christians, it's just kind of a, they're feeling around in the dark about what does that mean to be filled with the Spirit? Talk about that. You know, I think we have to remember the Holy Spirit is not some ghost, it's not some a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's, he's a gift. And he is, uh, Jesus says He's the counselor, He's the comforter, He's the one that lives and resides in us. We can't see Him physically, but it's this, it's this piece of us surrendering to Him and walking with Him. Now the Bible also says in, in Ephesians chapter 4 that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. When we go through this passage of the flesh, that he mentions here. These, there's like four different categories of flesh. Mm -hmm. um, when we start going down that road, down that pathway, we grieve the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And many times we, we can sense that. He, he is moving in our lives. He's working in our lives. And we can quench him. We can squelch him. And we can grieve him. So let me ask you this, in verses 19 through 21, it talks about a list of things. And every guy watching this, and any of us, we could probably find at some point in the week, this week, that we could find something in here that we would fall into that category. Now some of them sound more extreme than others, but the truth of the matter is, you know, was there any kind of jealousy or rage or selfish ambition? When we find ourselves in that spot, what are we doing? Are we in the flesh and then the Holy Spirit has left? I mean, no. what does that mean? The Holy Spirit hasn't left us, but He is waiting for us to yield back to Him. Gotcha. And when, when we fall into the... And, and by, by the way, when Paul says, um, mentions, the, mentions these in verse 21, envy and drunkenness, orgies, and the like, he's basically saying, this is just a partial list. Yeah. There's a whole other expansive list of, and, and we could find a whole, a whole bunch of other things throughout Scripture that also would fall under sins of the flesh. Right. But what he's saying here is when we continue to walk in this way, in drunkenness and orgies and, and impurity and sexual, you know, uh, when we walk in those ways, we are walking as children of darkness. And we're not going to experience the love and the joy and the peace, the fulfillment, the abundant life that God calls for us. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit just kind of nudge in and go, hey, wait, I'll take over? Um, he won't take over, but He will nudge us. Yeah. He will say, hey, Chad, right. I'm here. I want, you, I want you to choose loving your wife when right now you want to get angry with her. Mm -hmm. I want you to choose forgiveness rather than bitterness. Right. I want you to choose yep. me and my way because my way is the, the nine fruit of the Spirit, which by the way is really interesting. It says fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. And, th and this is not, uh, this is, uh, they all go together. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you muster up or that I muster up or you guys muster up. This is we depend upon Him we rely on Him, and He produces the fruit. 
And so our, our, in one sense, our goal is, yes, we want to have the fruit of the Spirit, but we, real, we want to abide in Jesus. And by abiding in Jesus and walking in the Spirit, leaning into the Spirit, that's why the Bible says, James says, draw near to God, mm-hmm. and He will draw near to you. So that's our goal. That's our, um, our drive, is how do we surrender to the Holy Spirit? I had, this week I had an uh, illustration I didn't want to have, but I, I really lost it with one of the kids this week. And really? I know. I, 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 really, I never really struggled with so that, those there, kinds of things. Yeah. So there was this moment where I got really angry, and it really was not justified the level of, of my response, and very rarely is. And I had to apologize to my boys, and I used, because we were studying this, I used this exact section. I said, guys, I was in the flesh, meaning I was by myself. I had basically taken the Holy Spirit and said, you stand over here, and I'm going to live by myself. And then that's what you saw, these the act of the flesh. So I had to explain to them what they saw was not God in me, but it was me by myself. Now let's, let's transition here to the fruit of the Spirit, because it's not the fruit of Chad trying really hard. It's not the fruit of Chad doing a lot of good things. Talk about it's the fruit of the Spirit, because if I pursue the fruit over the Spirit, I still may be living in the flesh. Yeah, right? it, it, walking in the Spirit is not about working out our sin and working on our sin, it's about pursuing Him. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need Him. And that's why, uh, guys, when you think about um, the spiritual practices, or some people call them the spiritual disciplines, if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to walk like Jesus, then we have to begin to do the things that Jesus did. And Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Well, how did Jesus be full, of the, be full of the Spirit? How did Jesus walk in the Spirit? How did Jesus live in the Spirit? And so that the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, the nine fruit of the Spirit come flowing out of Jesus' life. It takes practice. We don't just wake up in the morning and just go, bang, we're just instant mature, instant, you know, Christ-like, instant... Uh, allowing the Spirit of God to control us. No, right. it takes, takes some practice. Right. Um, I've asked guys over the years, what are some things that help them walk in the Spirit? I, I want to share just uh, five things, guys, as we kind of begin to wrap this up, of how do we gain victory and walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. Number one, I think we have to saturate our lives and our minds with Scripture. We see this with Jesus, and we do it prayerfully. We do this meditatively. We, we rely on the Spirit of God who authored the Scriptures through, through men like Paul, Peter, James. Um, but we, we saturate our mind, and that's why the psalmist says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. And there's something about when we hide God's truth in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, in our inner man, and we saturate it. That's why the, the Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree 
planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. I don't know about you, but when I think about prospering, I I, I go to Psalm 1. Am I a man who meditates day and night, saturating my heart and mind in God's truth? And uh, I think that's that's number one. I, I think secondly, that guys have mentioned to me over the years is that we need a regular time of silence, solitude, and quiet. There's something powerful about sitting in the presence of God, trying to block out all the distractions. And some guys are like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you got to get creative sometimes. Yeah. Um, some, I, there, there's a good friend of mine who goes downtown every, every uh, work day, and he sits in the parking lot. He gets there early, and he sits in his car, in his park and in the parking lot and he takes 30 minutes before he walks into the office just to have that silence solitude quiet Mm -hmm. and if you look at Jesus he does it over and over and over again if we're gonna have the fruit of the Spirit which is Galatians 6 which is talking about here we we have to have some times of quiet Mm -hmm. and reflection Uh, thirdly I, I think we need to have a little notepad or a journal and what God is teaching us, we need to jot it down. Um, when, when there's something in the scriptures that stick out to us, we need to jot it down because we forget. Do you, do you know that um, in Revelation, uh, the Apostle John is writing the book of Revelation. And God says to him over and over and again, write these things down. He says write, the word write, 16 times to John. John, write. And guys, I think if we're going to take our spiritual growth seriously, we have to to pick up a notepad. And it doesn't have to be something that we're going to get published. But we have to write things down to, to remind us. There's something about the discipline of writing things down that help us. And I think the Spirit of God uses that to transform us so that the fruit of the Spirit does come out. I think fourthly, this is, a, this is an old ancient practice, but it's, it's called examine. And people have used this for, for centuries actually. But it's the, it's the old practice of at the, at the end of the day, I'm going to examine my life. And I'm going to look back. That moment, that appointment that I had at 10 a.m., I, I was walking in the Spirit. I, I walked into that meeting confident and that the Lord was with me and I had just reflected on a verse and I walked in and, and that meeting was a spirit-filled meeting. I, the, the guy doesn't even know the Lord, but I do. And I sensed that God was there with me. And that's, that's part of examine. There's also a, the 3 o'clock appointment that I had. I didn't go so well. There's some flesh that came out. And at the end of the day, you examine so that you learn, so that you, you, you catch yourself the next time for future right. reference. Does that make sense? It does. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When, you, when you, somebody says the life in the Spirit, does it always have to be a, a, a moment of emotion or wow factor to living in the Spirit? Or is no. sometimes living in the Spirit just saying, you know what, it's the opposite of that, that it wasn't the emotion, it was just a steadiness about it. Talk about people who think there has to be some type of experience. No, many times there's no emotion at all. I mean, sometimes there is, right. but, but many times it's just obedience. Mm. 
the Spirit of God. I'm sitting, I'm sitting and, and, and agitated at my wife or at my kids or with someone, and, I, and the Holy Spirit is leaning in, and there's no emotion there, right. but He's leaning in, and I can sense to do the right thing. And, I, and, and he, it, many times it's always in connection with Scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, love is patient, love is kind. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, oh, patience, long-suffering. Oh my goodness, I am not mm, struggling with long-suffering. Right. And so it's just, it, it's, uh, again, we, as we grow in our Christian life, may God's grace these nine fruit hopefully sure. rise and, yeah. and grow and develop right. and we see maturity. Mm -hmm. um, so we examine. Um, the last one is, and it's a, it's an old, uh, it's an old Latin term. It's called lectio divina. You're like, what? What is that? Uh, we just call it lectio. It's been used for centuries. It's, it's called sacred reading. How do you read the Bible? Because God doesn't want us just to read the Bible uh, for our information. He wants us to read the Bible for our transformation so that when we read the scriptures, um, we, we allow the Spirit of God to teach us. That's why as we're teaching this lesson today, guys, really the most powerful way is when you get in your groups. And I'm just gonna have you, I'm gonna have you walk through what a, a Lectio, a kind of a brief or shortened version of Lectio looks like. Lectio, is when you read the passage, but before you ever read the passage, you're not even going to open your Bibles first. First of all, you're just going to close your eyes and you're just going to say, God, we welcome you here. And you can do this by yourself. You can do this with your group. It's really cool to do it as a group. Everybody closes your eyes and you just kind of, maybe with palms on your, hand, uh, on your legs, you just say, God, in a spirit of, of receiving, I want to see uh, your word. I want to hear from you, God. And you take 60 seconds just to be quiet and receive uh, this quietness and this stillness. And you're welcoming this, the Spirit's movement in your life. After 60 seconds or so, uh, you open the passage and you read Galatians 5, 16 through 26. And one of you guys in the, groups, uh, in, in the group, you, you read it. You can uh, re have a guy read a couple verses, another guy read a couple verses. You can do it that way. But you get through the whole 11 verses, and you read it slowly. You're not trying to race through it. You just read it slowly. Then after you read it through the first time, you're just going to stop for another 60 seconds or so, and you're just going to be quiet. And you're going to say, Lord, in my inner spirit as I'm talking with him, is there one word or phrase that God is just kind of has his finger on for you. Mm. It'll be different for you, it'll be different for me. Mm -hmm. And then you can go around the group and you can, uh, you can share what, what one word or one phrase stuck out to you. Then you stop and you read through the text again. Mm -hmm. And as you read through the text again, again very slowly, you stop at the end of that verse 26 and you pray again and you say, God, is there anything that you have for me today? Mm. And guys, I think if we begin to implement that 
practice, slowly reading scripture, and then if you just want to uh, jot some things down, what God taught you, um, man, that was really good what Chad just shared. I can jot that down. That's something that I can take with me so that I can, as the days go by, continue to grow in what it means to live in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. So you brought some fruit with you over there. What, what, I did. How does that relate to what we're well, talking actually, about? Well, actually, I got um, just, you know, really, I, it's not a piece of fruit, dude. It's a cucumber. It's a vegetable. It's Sorry. a vegetable. <laughs> it's not a piece of fruit. And anyway, so just real quickly, um, guys, you know how you do, how you make a pickle? You got to have a cucumber. You got to have some brine, you know, and some salt, and you dip it down in the jar. But you don't just dip it down there. You know what happens when you dip it down and you pull it back up? You know what you got? Still a cucumber. Yeah, it's a cucumber. Don't, it's a, don't, it, don't you ever hit me with that it's cucumber. A, it's a baptized cucumber. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> what you got to do is you got to leave it in the brine. And it's got to be in there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then it becomes a pickle. And you know, really, the deal is for us, if we're going to become the pickle that God wants us to be, the, the transformed person that God wants to be, we got to stay in the solution. Hmm. And that's stay in the spirit. And all those things you just mentioned as we finish up here, all those practices, if we do those by ourselves, we're not going to get very far. If we read the Bible by ourselves, meaning with the Holy Spirit, there, there has to be a partnership here. So when we do these disciplines, if we're just doing it without acknowledging the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said, if you want to bear much fruit, you must remain in me yeah. and you will bear much fruit. So that, that it's a, just is it just consciousness sometimes just thinking, hey, the Holy Spirit is in the room and he's in me right now. And you're just reading through these disciplines and going through them. right? Just, just acknowledge and welcome him and thank him. And, you know, when we do that, guys, that's life. And you know what? Just real quickly, I got one more illustration for you guys. I have two uh, Coke cans here. And you know how you know when you're walking in the Spirit, when you're full of the Spirit, when you are um, abiding in Jesus? Uh, it's when pressure comes in life. We can't, we can't, we can't put a dent in it when we're full. Now this, this Coke can, It could have been that hard for you to do that. It wasn't that hard, you know, because this, this cocaine is empty. Yeah. And so, guys, the, the goal for us is to be full. Yeah. Because when pressure comes, um, we get crushed. And right now, we are videotaping this because of pressure. Like, we're here now. Absolutely. We are in the middle of pressure in a country, in a world, and a lot of people are kind of collapsing because they're not knowing. They don't have the Holy Spirit, and they don't know with this, and we do. And so our lives should look different. And, and we joked about having to be here on video, but it is no joke. This is a real life pressure that we're in. So and God, guys, God is wanting us to let our light shine, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to overflow in our lives because there's people all around us who are looking like this and they need to experience the fullness of the Spirit. Why don't you pray for the guys? Guys, uh, thanks uh, for joining us. And uh, we just pray God right now that we would be men who would lean into you, that we would walk in the Spirit, we would trust you. God, help us 
to lean like never before, especially in this times of this crazy virus and uh, the, just all the stuff that's going on us, around us right now. Help us by your power. We pray in your strong and holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.